Hello, I am Jacob Stevenson. And I'm Josh Way. Welcome to Shutter Speed. Shutter Speed is a podcast for people interested in video and photo production in the automotive industry. Our goal is to share, educate, and entertain you with stories, experiences, and content that we've created, as well as bring on guests to share their stories. Today, we are talking about the infamous rig car. The rig car that you started building. Yes. The rig car, I would like to think, is still in phase one of where we ideally Very want it to so. be. When, when you compare it to like what's out there technology, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but you should walk us through a little bit, just tell us the story about um, where you started with filmmaking and like cars, yeah. and then specifically getting rolling shots of cars and the evolution from that point to where we are now, at least. Yep. Yeah. I mean, at first it started with finding my friends that had convertibles, becoming friends with them because it was incredibly easy to shoot out of a convertible without the walls and the A pillars and the B pillars. And you could kind of stand on the trunk at a high angle. You could you could lean off the back and get the really low angles. Um, and we started with the typical um, Sony A6300 on a Ronin MX, which was the go-to for everybody and probably still is getting into video and shooting the Stance Nation car world. You know, everybody wants to do that. And so it was exciting and I thought it was cool but realized that the quality of content you get is very hit or miss because your shots you have to get the shot set up you have to use our hand signals you got to get the car where you want it and then you got to lean your whole body out the car very unsafely very unsafely and you got to drag that gimbal across the ground to get the shot you want so to back up a little bit though I mean car videos um they are not complete until you have rolling shots I mean the the whole uh, idea of a car is that it's it's a, an object that moves you, and right. um, getting that movement on video is is utterly important. I think uh, it looks comple- cooler. Completely important if you're filming anything having to do with cars and and the idea of vehicles and advertising. Mm-hmm. Um, so it started there for you, sort of unsafe and just on the fly, yeah. shooting out of. I think shout out to Bruno yeah, for. Bruno Couch for uh, lending his driving and his E46 M3 convertible. In the Imola Red. Imola Red. Um, Which is my favorite. I've got a few photos of you like literally like strung out way out over the oncoming lane. Yep. No seat belt. Nope. My feet under the dash. Yep. (laughs) Just like... It it felt secure, but if we hit something or I fell out, it definitely wasn't secure. Or like locked under the the passenger seat, like underneath from the rear seat. Yep. Um, So you knew that that had to change um, yeah as time went on the wow factor was there with me hanging out of a car and people were like wow that's so dangerous but that's so cool and I'm like well you know I'm just trying to get the shots I need and there was a couple times I've never actually almost fallen out but there's videos of, on the internet of you know that stance boy photographer that the door swings open and he falls out into the road right and it's it kind of makes you clench you're like ooh, like I've been so close in that exact situation but never actually fallen out yeah that it's like okay what would make sense and what would also elevate the the quality of content that we can capture you know well at quality and options too for Correct. for the style of shots yeah but as you can imagine getting into any kind of rig car is expensive because the first thing is just figuring out how to hang your camera off the car 
right? And then the next thing is, how do you hang it off the car but control it from inside the car? And so you suddenly, it, it seems simple to just get some pipe and clamps, which is what we did, and hang it off the end of a car. But then you have no control. So you got to make sure you have the gimbal with a remote. You got to make sure you have a camera you can control from the inside. And you've got to have an external recorder, ideally. Otherwise, you push record on the camera, run inside the car, and start filming. <laughs> Those options, I mean, to start going that direction, you have to have a certain level, have to buy into a certain level of technology. Yeah. Um, which which can start pretty low. Yeah. I mean, DJI has come out with uh, their gimbals to make it pretty, mm-hmm. you know, pretty accessible for a yeah. lot of people. Um, but yeah, I mean, the technology has been there for a long time. When you look at Hollywood. Yep. You've got, I mean, the $100,000, million-dollar rig cars that are built specifically for this. I mean, they even those were sort of an evolution from movies from over the past 30 years or so. Yeah. And I would say the rig car even started before gimbals and isolators and Russian arms, and it was just fixed cameras onto the hood or the side or the trunk. Right, like, that's like, think of like the movie Ronin, right. like with Robert De Niro. I yeah. mean, that's hailed as one of the best car chase scenes yep. recorded of all time. Yeah. And all they did was mount mount directly on the camera so you've got all that shake you've got all that bumps and excitement it looked they did a great job with that yeah um but it's not like crystal clear smooth footage that um i guess a lot of buyers today like to see right Um, but it all depends on the director's style yeah Um, and i mean directors nowadays have the option to choose if they want you know the really glidey footage from a rig car or glidey glidey the fixed camera look um i'm not sure which is more beneficial but that's kind of now they're just choices i think as a video producer um knowing when to make that choice is a big thing yeah you know and knowing how to like sell that to you know the director and and the the, the, whatever the 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 production company uh, behind it all um i think they all have a place it depends on on the piece of work you're trying to trying to get um, and they can communicate different things i mean if you do the fixed mount it's going to be very shaky and feel fast paced right as opposed to a full russian arm with a perfectly smooth footage on a racetrack you know that's much more beautiful and elegant so start t- tell us a little bit more jacob about i mean the hollywood level yeah rig cars with with literally hundreds of thousands of dollars built into it and what you what you wanted to achieve here on a tight budget yeah i mean myself like other filmmakers there's this huge gap from budgets that i have to create content and budgets that you know the top end agencies have to do with general motors or bmw they can spend the twenty five thousand dollars a day to rent a russian arm car which costs about half a million dollars to have made and aren't actually street legal So in order to operate these Russian armed cars, you have to have police force shut down a road. You have to have permits to shoot there and completely own the situation. And then you got to trailer your rig car there, take it off the trailer, use it, put it on the trailer, ship it home. And so obviously 20 grand a day is not in most of our budgets to shoot this stuff. So I started with, there's this Matthew suction cup kit and it was this, this three angled suction cup where you would put your DSLR on a hood and then you'd mount it to the hot shoe on the top to kind of fix it stronger, you know, and their whole thing was triangulate, 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 right? And you gotta 
just fix it to the car that produced the shaky footage that we've talked about um from there but you've got you've had some great results with that too i've had some great results and i've actually used it in recent work like with 3m at the racetrack we wanted that look chasing the chrome nsx around um but i actually heard of rig wheels i'm not sure from who but they came out with the first what i would call budget friendly um Isolator. Isolator, thank you. And it was originally called the cloud mount, and that was a huge magnet piece that you would stick on the hood, side, or trunk of a car, and then you'd actually mount the gimbal upside down and control it that way. So you'd be shooting upside down because the gimbal is the now sticking can, up. can do that, though. That's what they're built for. Um, I've lost my train of thought. Anyways, so that's how they started. And I looked into that. It was about $400 or whatever it is now. I never really liked it because... I would rather hang out the car and get those really low shots. And with a gimbal mounted upside down on a You're limited to where you can mount it. Exactly. And that's not very flexible. So I guess another year or two went by of me hanging out of convertibles. And I built a network of friends who loved hanging out and doing this kind of work. Um, And then Rig Wheels announced the Slingshot. And they aren't sponsoring this podcast or anything, but we love the Slingshot. And I've actually got two of them. And the Slingshot was kind of the core behind the design for our rig car. And it was, okay, now all we have to do is suspend this isolator, which is essentially the opposite of what their cloud mount is. So instead of mounting upwards, it actually hangs from, and then your gimbal goes down. So the the next question is, now that you, you know, we all have our, our DJI or, or like or similar gimbals, 3X's gimbals that you mount the camera to, that, that adds a lot of stability. But now when you're adding in a lot of those big bumps or fine fine vibrations that come from uh the the road surface um the the gimbal is not enough um so you have to have the isolator or similar there's there's multiple things on the market today Um, but then the question is what do you mount it to correct yeah and so we um actually i had a project in california and it was cheaper for me to hire a chase car company out there and they showed up with a brand new Lincoln Navigator, which what with what looked like to be like conduit pipe, two inch speed rail is kind of what it's called in our industry. And it went from the roof rack straight out front and back of the car and then down to the tow hook and mounted. And it was kind of like a light bulb went off in my head like this is incredibly simple. You know, if I could figure out a way to, you know, erect this exoskeleton as minimal as possible and then just have a boom that stuck straight out where I could hang the isolator from. I've now got a rig car and it's still very manual. You got to undo the clamp, slide it up, slide it down, move it this way, that way to kind of get the angled shots you want. But so I believe you got home from that trip and you called me and you're like, Josh, I want to build a rig car. Yeah. You should come over uh, like next week and We'll go to Menards. And I was like, <laughs> okay, well, let's do it. <laughs> yep. Why not? Nothing to lose. So we go we go over and uh, two idiots uh, just traipsing around Menards looking for a conduit pipe um, with a measuring tape and then trying to figure out what clamps we're going to need to get it all together um, and what hardware is going to make this a rigid enough system that we're, we're willing to risk a... Uh, a very expensive camera system hanging off of it at at speed too because the intention was the next use you had planned was a long cross country car rally rally, yeah um so it had to be reliable and rigid and flexible enough to um move it like from the front of the car to the back of the car Mm -hmm. um so the what what were the clamps you 
you found? Well, I think our first version of clamps were like uh, plumbing clamps where it was a two inch fitting that you could, you could butt or do 90 degree angles oh, of the pipe. Right, and right, our right. first version was, it was weird with two parallel pipes coming off the roof front and back with the idea of still being able to put like a ski box or a basket on top to, to hold extra luggage, but leave us the ability to hang a camera off the front or the rear. Um, but that was too bouncy. And I think we canned that and went to, um, well, actually by this point I had been doing work with Motocrane and they're, they really are the bridged gap between small budget and large budget productions. And we'll talk more about that later, but I went back to them and asked the clamps that they use. Um, and then was pointed into the direction of BH photo. They've actually got two inch speed rail swivel clamps or whatever yeah, they like call 90 them. degree swivel clamps that are clamped together. At- yep. And you can fix them or you can leave them open and they would swivel. So our system now is built of two, uh, speed rails coming from the roof of the car that triangulate at the point and then go straight down to the tow hook. Uh, and those are all fixed with those swivel clamps. So with that, with that vertical pipe on the front and the back, that yeah. allows your, your, um, the boom or whatever you want to boom or what cantilever pipe yes, that yeah. sticks out to hold the camera up. That allows it to be height adjustable. Yep. Um, if you're looking for that really low shot, um, right. Or, or just kind of like eye lines. Maybe even a higher shot to give the appeal of like a crane shot. Yeah, you can, if you have a pipe long enough, you can you can make it as high as you want, really. Yep, then you got to watch out for bridges. Well, not that high. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, then like you mount the isolator to the exposed uh, cantilevered pipe yep. that sticks out. Yeah. Um, that, that then is attached to the gimbal uh, which then the camera sits on that yes so how did you what makes it all work and what camera system were you running originally and, and what's possible with right with uh running it from the inside what, what did you have to do originally for test fitting i was using the ronin mx because i wanted to kind of prove the point that this could work before getting further invested financially um and so we used the a6300 on the mx and i would push record and go inside the car where i had a external recorder with an, a really long hdmi cable to like feed um into the car and then the remote that comes with the ronin mx isn't impressive but it did the job to kind of prove like hey this is works and it's higher quality and better quality than me hanging out of a car so from there um we upgraded a lot we bought a ronin 2 well before you go on the 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 limitations that were right there with that camera and that yeah. setup was, that's true is everything remained manual on the outside so you couldn't change anything you couldn't change the, your your uh, nd yep. you couldn't change focal length essentially you, you, change had to, anything. you had to set it get in the car shoot and as soon as you came underexposed or overexposed you got to stop and re-expose and right. you know start again so as conditions changed it, it, it meant became pulling difficult. over and which conditions change a lot on a rally whether correct weather comes in or what you know going into a city or all of a sudden in dark shadows yeah all that so one of the first upgrades we did is we've switched to using the Sony FS5 camera. Um, and the reason why is because it's got a lot of tech that is still manually controlled, which is what we wanted without needing all of the wireless accessories for your cine lenses. So we've actually got built-in zoom with the FS5. We've got built-in variable ND filters with the FS5. And we can change the ISO all remotely by extending the grip from the camera into the cabin of the car. With a very long... Yeah, um, link cable. Link cable. A two, it's basically a 2.5 millimeter headphone jack. Yeah. And that allows... So you're running 
like two cables in the in the car. One yep. is going to the recorder from the camera yep. for out, output, and then the other is for the remote handle for Correct. the camera. Correct. That then from there you can choose variable ND, yep. a different you know, cha- whatever changes. Yep. And then also your zoom. Yeah. And there are wireless solutions to this, but with this being kind of a fixed car rig, we haven't necessarily deemed that necessary, especially because it's an extra cost. So being able to control zoom from the FS5 grip with the appropriate lenses is just great. So between that and the Ronin 2's um, uh, handheld gimbal remote yeah you can change almost everything you need to correct you can do you know roll pitch and roll pitch, pitch and, and pan, pan. yeah <laughs> that's a funny when you say it like that what order do you usually roll, say that pitch in? and pan roll pitch and pan bitch wait <laughs> <laughs> so anyway um you can change all of your gimbal um directions and everything and then your camera you kind of choose a middle ground um yep. uh, like ISO levels. Yeah, ISO levels, and then you adjust your ND from there. And then you have zoom control to really, that's really valuable on a car rally. You just get various amounts of different shots, you know, that really changes things on the road. And the lens that's kind of been our go-to is actually one of Sony's basic lenses or kit lenses. I'm not sure what they call it, but it's an 18 to 105. Uh, however, the Sony's a crop sensor, so it's really like a 24 to 150, I think is what it comes yeah, out to be. It punches in nicely. So you've got a wide range. And I mean, even at speed, 150 millimeters is looking pretty smooth. So the evolution from there, where would you like to take this thing? What What's the next upgrade um, you'd like to have done? Um, the next upgrade to this setup, I would I would say, is the Flow Cine Black Arm, and essentially that replaces the speed rail triangulated system that we've created that then hangs the uh, rig wheels isolator. So you still run the isolator? The isolator, I would run a different isolator. So the the Flow Cine Black Arm would actually replace basically from the vertical boom pole to the camera, and you'll see pictures on our social media feeds and stuff of what I'm talking about. Um, But it's this huge spring loaded um, contraption that mounts to the vertical pole and then hangs your camera. Well, and we, we've, you you have the video is out now of our rig car building of where, where it's at today and what we've done to build it. Yeah. We talked about that on the podcast video version on our YouTube channel for the stuff we're chatting about with Alex and Terry and their Chrome supercars. Um, And then our next podcast is going to be with motocrane guys and they really are, (laughs) we've already done a video of the rig car building that's what we're doing today oh yeah 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 so like that's what we're walking them through yeah so you've already seen the rig car on our youtube channel we've done a video (laughs) i need like a whiteboard to (laughs) signal you right here i thought i was on the right track (laughs) okay anyways you were but like i was trying to communicate that we've done that okay we're good okay so by now you've seen the youtube video of our rig car kind of walk through explaining what we're talking about so if you haven't seen that make sure you go over to our youtube channel you check that out you can find us on social media there's pictures of it as well but essentially the flow cine black arm is going to replace the contraption from the vertical pole to the camera and it's this spring-loaded system that depending on your camera package weight you kind of balance and then it accounts for the vehicle moving up and down over bumps holding that camera in hopefully a middle ground so that really uh hits two birds with one stone right Correct. That system. Yeah. Not only is it the the actual boom that sticks out to hold the whole camera setup. Yeah. Um. It's also 
part isolator and it is way easier to adjust up and down. So it, it simplifies things, it smooths things out, and it's just more efficient. Yes. The only downside is the Flow Cine Black Arm is about 10 times the cost of the current <laughs> rig wheels slingshot isolator. Um, however, it's more secure and we've unfortunately had one accident with our setup. I was setup. going to ask you if you wanted to talk, that, talk about I that story. I do and I don't, but we will because people have seen it. <laughs> people have seen it. And I think it's it's good like to show um, you know, our mistakes we've yeah. made and... Um, yeah, the bumps we've we've hit along the road. Unfortunately, the pattern in my life seems to be learning from experience, which is not a bad way, but it does get expensive. <laughs> so, yes. So why don't you walk us through that story? Where did it start? What, what are you doing? We've had this rig rig car figured out by the time of this incident, we'll call it. Um, and so we decided to multiply what we've done. And for the second crown rally of 2019, we ended up building two rig cars for this. The first one was my one series. The second one was a buddy of mine that we work with Toei in his one series. Um, so essentially it was the same car, same chassis. All I had to do was split my rig in half. I took the front half, he took the back half, and then I got another isolator. And you guys were divide, you know, able to divide and conquer, like Correct. More, cover more of the rally, different we'll, cars, different we'll pieces. We'll talk more about rally strategy yeah. in the future, but essentially, a rally is like a run and gun event and to capture the best stuff is to try to cast the widest net, which can be difficult. Um, so I had the front half of the camera rig and chasing mine. We actually got split from the group. We were skipping a couple checkpoints and moving forward in the rally to kind of get ahead. Yeah. You fall back cause you spend time filming. You let the next group come up, you film with them. Um, and we, I had the camera off, the Ronin was off and locked, but it was still hanging on the front of the car because we were going from one spot to the next. I figured it'd be easier. Well, you guys, were, you, you guys were running both FS5s. One was rented, one was owned by, yep. by you. Yeah, so we own an FS5 Ronin 2 package, and then I rented the identical thing from Lens Rentals. So I had the rented equipment on my car, um, and it was this bridge pass Cloverleaf. So we were on the above highway taking the bridge over, and it was this incredibly steep like bridge transition. And like, Where were you at that point? The middle of nowhere. Like what state? On a highway. <sighs> Somewhere between Chicago and Nashville. Yeah. <laughs> so a long way from Minnesota. Yeah. And we hit this bridge transition. We were actually with a couple crown rallyers. We had a demon in front of us and a GTR behind us, but we weren't filming because I had gathered all those shots. And and I hit that bridge transition and it was like slow motion in the front of the, the rig car, which will explain what we changed so that it doesn't happen in the future. But the front of the rig car just slipped out of one of the clamps. The front of the rig, not the rig car. Correct. The front of the rig on the rig car slipped out of the clamp. And it just started unfolding and I watched it and Andres, my, my filmer, co-pilot, and he's like, oh my gosh. Like it was this super slow motion. It was just, we go down, the suspension compresses. I watched the camera just start dropping and dropping. I get on the brakes hard, like ABS is nah, 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 trying to stop me. It's just, <laughs> and the car just literally, you know, you felt it. I can and see, so like I I'm stopped, watching you, I Jacob, over. and it's just, it's painful to watch your face right now. Because I'm I can, tearing up a little bit. I can tell that it's such an emotional <laughs> period. And it was one of those, like I had to gather my thoughts. I was like, all right, I just ran over a DJI Ronin 2, which retails for nine grand, not including accessories. I ran over a Sony FS5, which retails retailed, it's older for five grand. Lenses, wires, 
the rig wheels isolator and then the random speed rail and clamps and whatever damage you did to your car because you basically ran over it and dragged it for a little bit i right? did yeah so i pulled over before trying to drive any farther or whatever i pulled over immediately got underneath the fs5 was wedged under the car like so hard i couldn't pull it out because there was pressure from the weight of the car on the road the ronin it was just broken carbon fiber so it was all folded up and i was able to slide that out uh we've actually got i'll show you pictures of the damaged stuff because it's hanging on the wall not necessarily as a trophy but a, a good reminder the back of the lens broke off um and it was it was a sight to see we took some pictures thanks to andres for pushing me to take pictures because i was just in a different headspace you, yeah, you never point. wanna you're never like excited like in the moment you're like thinking this is the worst day of my life like yeah. i don't want to be taking documenting this at all but but looking back it's always pretty valuable to yeah. see those but yeah um, i so i'm holding the camera right now the destroyed camera basically you can tell where it got wedged under the under the car because the whole side is ripped off and um yeah, the lens obviously popped off. That's smashed up and... And bent. And bent in many places. There's really not much left to this camera. It's it's obviously not repairable. Um, kind of all sides of it are scraped, crunched, <laughs> broken off, destroyed, completely opened up. Um, I believe the sensor's okay, but one time Josh was in my office and he was looking at it. He's like, I've always wanted to touch the sensor of a camera. And he took his thumb and just duck it on the sensor so well because you're never you're always taught to like never never touch the i'm like a part of me wanted to take the camera apart and see what was salvageable on the inside but and probably nothing now thanks to josh <laughs> i left my thumb mark on there um so i happened to call you right after or did you call me i, I just sent you a picture of the broken stuff okay. i was doing the gpp jump which is a thing that you'll kind of catch on so i wasn't on that rally with you i think Correct. We had a conflict or something yeah. but um you called me or I called you after I just saw your photo and I, Jacob was, he wasn't there. Like Jacob called me, but he really wasn't there. He, he called me himself. and he's like, just cussing. And he's just, <laughs> God, Jacob, I, I just want to go home. I, I hate this day. I want to be home. I don't like this. Um, so tell me what, <laughs> like just for the viewers sake yeah. or the listeners sake, what was the experience like? How'd you get your life back in order after that? Like what, what the gear and everything getting replaced? It was an emotional roller coaster. Um, you know, friends and family are all like, did you have insurance? And I'm like, well, that's a touchy subject. Um, that's Josh throwing the camera if you heard that. And, um, I worked with lens rentals. I finished the event, didn't call lens rentals. I just had to focus on getting the job done because we still had a day and a half left of shooting. So now it was figuring out how do we still capture the widest amount of content with only one rig car now luckily it was a track day which is easy it's only one rig car at a time and then it was driving around in nashville for some extra b-roll um after that it was a nine-month process i think almost yeah about nine months working with lens rentals and i'm not sure if they've seen something like this i didn't purchase their insurance and it turned out that my insurance wouldn't cover it and my auto insurance almost covered it because the car's owned personally um but that didn't pan out either so essentially it came out to me writing a a decent size check to lens rentals which so is fine some we live lessons and learn. are learned the hard way um and the best advice out of this story is pay for insurance pay the money and get insurance because it's my it's insurance it. policy would have been oh i think i calculated 17 and a half times cheaper to pay for insurance for that entire year on whatever i rented than to pay out for the one or two items the one and, rented and package you that had I broke. some insurance but there were some 
there was some fine print about what was covered with Correct. rental gear. Correct. Um, you've since upgraded and made sure that basically mm-hmm. anything you rent is covered. Yep. Um, I've got an insurance agent now and I ran them through all the situations that I've experienced and through all these situations that I can think of. And I was just like, just cover me. And it, it's worth it to anyone out there that's listening. Just, just do. It is true. It may seem like a lot upfront, but it's worth it in the long run. So I have a question yeah. kind of moving on from the camera setup, but what, um, there's a lot of different theories on what makes a good rig car. Yeah. Um, we obviously see in the commercial world on the high end of things, a lot of Porsche Cayennes, Porsche Panameras. Correct. Um, I also see quite a few Audis, like, yeah. um, yeah. like midsize SUVs, the Q Q fives and stuff. Um, we've seen a few that we really like with wagons yes. that look really good. But we're also wagon guys. Yeah, we we like ourselves a wagon. Um, what I'll 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 come up with a few, and you should come up with a few. Like, okay. what would you like? What's your dream rig car? My just dream, to start with my dream rig car, and this is maybe where we butt heads because your Porsche on BMW, um, the brand new X5M, or even the X6M because it's got kind of the slant back. Um, can't t- I can't decide with if a that's an advantage or a disadvantage, though. I think it's an advantage because of. For the motocrane application, I could say. But the, because the roof's more sloped, it won't mess with, you don't need like a flat roof. Correct. So you can carry a lower angle of the entire crane all the way around if, in a 360 degree. Because essentially you got to set your limits for where the crane will come in contact with a car or the ground, which it will if you, you let can pro- it. You program that all in. Yep. And so with the slant back on the back of the X6M, plus it's got the horsepower, the comfort, and the space. So you're saying you can get more actuation Correct. out of it. You could get lower in yep. a full 360 swing if we were measuring it that way. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not glued to any Porsche uh, model either. I, I really don't. I don't love, like, the look of the, like, the new Panameras look pretty good. But yeah. I, I still am not, like, in love with it. Like, big part of me uh, wants to say E63 AMG wagon. Because you've got the power, you've got the space, you've got... Uh, I would be slightly concerned about the long roof. It is a long car, so maybe that's not a good choice. But um, but a lot of BMW products are really great. I mean, they're, they're fast and reliable, and they have the space you need. I mean, every BMW has a trunk and space to unload stuff and your gear, and then they've also got um, you know a decent platform to, to mount a big, heavy crane on yeah. so I, the I, other issue with, with today's cars is most of them have the huge pano roofs just glass across the top so i think that when the time comes and we buy our rig car for a shutter speed media which is definitely a goal um we take it over to our friends at patience metal fam and have them cut into the roof make weld points and have it specific for our application um we had a the similar conversation a couple years ago when Motocrane, who will be on one of our next podcasts, uh, I was doing work with them for Zach, who's one of the owners. And in the whole R&D process, he built himself a Motocrane Ultra, which was their next you know, progression as far as their product goes. They had the Motocrane Classic, which was a huge hit, and it filled that gap that we were kind of talking about earlier from low budget to big budget. And now suddenly all production companies can own a Russian arm instead of having the budget to rent a Russian arm. Um, so the Motocrane ultra was the next step and it's a phenomenal thing and there's a couple trips we were on with his specific unit because he was flying around to his customers and offering it like hey you should try this as a demo yeah yeah more of a demo and we did a couple projects with it and i was just kind of capturing behind the scenes and working with zach to set the crane up and use it here and there and our conversation is i think we deemed the porsche macan s or the audi sq5 as the best possible 
vehicle for a motocrane application because it's short and stubby, but it's still got kick and you've got four seats. I just don't like turbo motors. I, I really don't. That's a personal thing. I think what we should experience with on a video is building multiple rig cars. Currently the rig car sits on my 128i, which is a six cylinder non-turbo. And while it's slow, it can still get up, but it doesn't have that push of a turboed car because I feel like that turbo, if, if it's tuned a certain way or for straight power, is going to be too much input for the camera. And you're going to have to kind of focus on feathering the throttle at certain speeds without influencing kind of the G's on the camera for acceleration. So the big factors uh, to consider when you're doing a rig car is obviously you're going to be shooting a lot of action. Correct. A lot of action uh, shots for the people that are going to be looking for footage like this. Yep. Um, so you're going to need to be on closed courses or tracks a lot and you need power to basically get up to speed quickly and, and be um, sometimes at high speeds. So you need a car that's got decent power. Um, you need a car that's got a decent center of gravity yep. uh, that handles pretty well. Um, and then also it needs to be small enough and big enough. So Correct. big enough to hold all your equipment because you're probably in, in most in most scenarios... Um, you will be a minimum of, of two people crew, yep. but a lot of times you're going to need four. Yeah. So you've got a driver, you've got a camera operator, like a camera operator, yep. a rig operator, and, and a lot of times your client yep. who's watching you to make sure they, they see what they, they want yep. out of those shots. Yeah. So it's nice to have room for four. Mm -hmm. um, right now we're, we're using what we have and that's... We're a room for two. Our setup is very... Uh, we have camera driver and camera operator, camera car driver and camera operator focused. So the operator, because we don't have a motocrane arm or a Russian arm swinging around, we don't need that third person. But we've realized that clients or directors like to be in there viewing the footage live as opposed to trying to stream it out of the car to like a director's station. And we've used it, um, not the full rig, but we've, we've built this sort of setup like on my truck, for instance, Correct. which is a crew cab. Yep. Um, on a track day, you were just shooting handheld out the back of the truck with a gimbal. Yep. Um, strapped in and everything yeah. and again that goes back to kind of where we started a little bit earlier on and then but our client was inside we were we were rigged up to a monitor inside so he could right. see what we were shooting and then when our driver was in there too and then we had the driver of the chase car yeah um, but so that was like it's nice for customers to feel reassured when they're on a you know, on a shoot day uh it's easy to get caught up in, in all the action stuff and not keep right. track of like what you're getting yeah um, so it's nice for your client to see what you're getting and to like feel good about it and give you the thumbs up when you know you got what he wants or she wants yeah and i'm excited for the future of what we're going to be creating because i think from here we're just going to continue to push the envelope of our resources and ability granted we're still tiny compared to who's out there Right. And, um, you know, just there, there's, there's limitations to what the evolution of our, like our rig car can be yep. before literally needing to swap out to a larger system, for instance, Motocrane, Correct. or there are a handful of other major companies, Hollywood level stuff. Um, but we're not there yet. Um, so far we've been able to get pretty much everything our customers have ever needed yeah. with what we've built. Yeah. And should budgets allow, I'm all for hire like hiring companies that have Correct. Yeah. I mean, we ideally we want to become a chase car company that's something that we're passionate about i would say as we think futuristically over shutter speed media and our work together you know we want to be creating content that people can enjoy but we also want to push where we want to go in this industry so in that that is 
the rig car direction is part of that being correct, being a service that provides this type of capability mm-hmm. for any number of projects. Yeah. I mean, it's not even car related. If it's, if it's sports action, athletic stuff, um, chase car stuff is huge. Yeah. Um, as well as being a drone operator, that's, that's, you know, you kind of have to have a lot of these tools and it's hard for like a one, a one person show to kind of like be able to offer that without either hiring yeah. subs, but correct. Um, yeah, it's fun. It's fun, uh, building this thing. It's, it's so much fun rocking this thing on, on car rallies and going across the country and getting cool shots and just our rig cars, I think get more looks than some of the most exotic cars on these rallies. Right. And there's a handful of examples that we could talk about forever, but crown rallies, the savage rallies, I don't know, whatever else we've been a part of. Right. Well, there's more stuff every every year, too. Coronavirus kind of put a, a little bit of a, a halt on damper. things, but a little damper. It's but just things wreck. are going to pick up again, and things are already are, already are. Um, the calendars are filling in a little bit. And it's going to be fun to see where it goes. Another awesome thing about the Rig Wheels Slingshot application is we can essentially take the concept that we've proven on a car here at home base and fly to jobs and erect erect basically a rig car off of anything as long as we have some prior knowledge of the vehicle (laughs) so we could plan a little bit. So what you're saying is rather than shipping your car or driving it across the country to start a job. Can either take a lot of time or cost a lot of money. Right. Um, It's we have in the past gone on a job out of state and built a new system on someone else's car. And so what did you have to travel with? What 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 had to go with you and what did you have to purchase there? That was the first time that we had traveled with our rig car. And so I kind of took at heart the the biggest selling piece of the motocrane, which is any roof, any car. And it comes with what they call the SSG unit and it's their suction cup grid. And I took that inspiration. My rig looks way different because it's a fixed rig. Um, so I ordered similar suction cups with grips that then I could clamp to, and then we could erect this rig similar to what it looks like on my car, which is bolted to a roof rack and bolted to a tow hook. And now it's suction cup to the roof and suction cup to the hood. It's mounted and bolted to a suction cup that Correct. sits on like, like and these suction cups are glass industrial, people, yeah. you know, like 500 pound limit, but that's Each. much more of like a pole limit. So it's a little bit different because you're pivoting some weight off the front to the back. And you're then you're dealing also with sheer strength rather than like direct pull off. Correct. You know, so we suction. had a couple extra suction cups for safety, but we flew out and um, built a rig for the Savage Garage Rally, which was last fall. And they gave us their um, Maserati Quadraporte, which we also named uh, Quadrapuerto. I don't remember that. <laughs> you don't maybe that's just me and Jimbo. Anyways, we we flew out and shot the Savage Garage Rally. So no, we we basically flew in uh, with all the suction cup mounts and those um, clamps, those yep. angle clamps that yeah, um, you clamps. purchased, swivel clamps. And basically, right when we got there, we picked up the car. We needed a, kind of a, a half day to build it, but we went ran to the Home Depot out there, got the conduit. We knew we had pre-measured um, how much conduit yep. we needed and how many different poles. We bought a hacksaw. And bought a hacksaw because that's hard to travel with, like, yeah. unless you stick it in your checked. But um, And then we, we set to work and rebuilt the rig. It probably took just a couple hours. Yeah. There uh, was some things that we had to figure out and 
make different some than mounting what we've done on the tow hook and the roof rack is now suction cups on the hood so you don't want to make sure or you want to make sure that there's not too much weight on certain body panels to make dents and all that stuff but right. spreading the weight and then also um since we didn't completely trust the the suction cups there was also safety straps kind of wrapped around the entire system and ran yeah. through the doors yeah and that was really to hold pressure down on the suction cups yeah. But with that said, the rig wheels is super easy to fly with. You could do something similar with the Flow Cine black arm, which is what I think is next in store for us. Um, and even the motocrane is the only Russian arm in the world that you can fly commercially with. It breaks down. So it breaks down we'll into that six flight cases. And yeah. Zach will tell us all about that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been cool to see how uh, the rig car has changed our work and Jacob's work. And um, also being able to be a little bit flexible with the concept and bring it bring it mobile and, and apply it to different vehicles um, with relative ease. And yeah, it's been, it's been a great tool. It's a lot of fun to, to run this system on, on trips. It feels like you're playing a video game when you're the camera operator. It's if you've played Forza Horizon, it's like playing drone mode and Forza Horizon, but real life. It takes some finesse though. Like yeah. I've done more drive time and you've done more a camera operation time so yeah. you you're better at kind of like because you're dealing with a lot of things especially when you're cruising at fast speeds you're mm-hmm. you're you're the gimbal does a pretty good job yeah but when you're dealing with high speeds that wind starts to influence the gimbal movements so you've got to gotten more experience than me at just kind of compensating for that adjusting for that on the fly getting the shots you need yeah yep just takes practice it's a learning experience and you make some mistakes. So if you haven't already, make sure you go over to our YouTube channel. Um, we've got a full walkthrough of the rig car so you can visually see what we're talking about. And um, Shutter Speed Media on YouTube. Yep. If you have any questions, feel free to comment and email us. We're always looking for feedback on our podcasts and ideas of what the viewers want to listen to or see on our social outlets. And with that, thank you guys so much for listening to today's podcast. There's going to be way more videos and uh, talk over time about rig cars and our building and our the evolution of all that. Um, but for now, thank you for listening.